Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a, another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Pewter post-game show where, unfortunately, we are talking about a loss from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a score of, I believe, 23-13, to 13, falling to the New Orleans Saints at home in Tampa Bay. It was very much a game that many thought on paper the Bucs were going to win and clinch the NFC South, punching their ticket into the postseason. But it very much did not play out that way as the Bucs failed to show up until it was too little, too late. We're going to break it all down on this show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow co-host, colleague, and live from Raymond James Stadium. It is SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, this was... Not the way that the Bucks wanted to ring in the new year with a huge opportunity, not just to punch their ticket into the playoffs, like I just said, but to do it against a team that they really do not like and the fans hate. It would have been a great way to, to yes. really get into the postseason and kind of eliminate the Saints at the same time. But it started out very slow with the defense not getting off the yeah. field. And um, not much really changed after that. It's like they celebrated New Year's Eve last night. And are feeling the hangover today. Yeah, it was very disappointing to see so much at stake, right, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, it just very disappointing. Uh, I think it reflects poorly on Todd Bowles and the coaching staff for not having this team ready to play. It reflects poorly on, on team leadership, too. The team captains essentially saying after the game that that they, you know, that they came out lifeless. Um, I talked to Tristan Wirfs after the game and I thought that, you know, and I said, was there a sense of complacency that kind of set in because you guys had one four in a row, not that you show up and win, but that this was kind of expected. He's like, ah, complacency is too strong of a word, but coming out flat and, and really there wasn't any excuse for it. It's the saints. Uh, Tristan yeah. was really trying to rally the troops at halftime too, a little too late, obviously with, uh, with the margin being what it was. And, you look at, at the statistics, um, and, and you know, they didn't really tell the tale because the Buccaneers wound up in garbage time with 349 yards after yeah. having what, four, 44 at halftime. They lost this game in the first half, so whatever happened in the second half really was kind of inconsequential. But one thing that really stands out when you do look at the statistics, uh, the, the Saints just they were shutting down what Tampa Bay was doing offensively. The Bucs were just two of eight on third down. And on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers just couldn't stop the Saints on third down. Uh, the Saints converted eight of 18, which is 44%. So um, the Bucs couldn't get off the field on defense. They couldn't stay on the field on offense. Yeah. They stuck with the running game too long into the second half. At some point in time, you gotta, you, you've got to just abandon ship. Yeah. Yeah. W w wave the white flag and say, we're not running the ball today. And then, uh, of course, as fate would have it, and kind of the epitome of what went wrong today for the Buccaneers, they finally started to get some runs. Rashad White has an 18-yard run, the longest of the day for the Buccaneers. He fumbles the ball. Then you had uh, Trey Palmer finally, after scoring a touchdown, looks like he might have another one, and and drops the ball, uh, fumbles it essentially, and so four turnovers um, by the Bucks offense, which has been very uncharacteristic. They didn't get any takeaways today on defense, dropped a couple of would-be interceptions. So uh, everything the, the Buccaneers had done right 
leading up to eight and seven, putting themselves in position to win today with the four-game winning streak, they did wrong. And the other statistic that stands out is the time of possession. Uh, Saints, yep. again, we talked about couldn't the Bucks couldn't get off the field on defense. Saints had the ball for 36 minutes and 38 seconds. Tampa Bay had the ball just 23 minutes and uh, 12 seconds. It's, al- it's almost an entire quarter of the game, 15 minutes, that the, the Saints possessed the ball. Uh, if you don't have it, you can't score. Um, so uh, it very disappointing day here at Raymond James Stadium. And, Matt, you, know, you have to wonder, can this team go to Carolina and win? <laughs> With Baker Mayfield being injured, that's that's kind of the wild card here. Is Baker Mayfield yeah. took forever to come out and talk to the media? He, he had X-rays done at the stadium. The X-rays came back negative, which was a good sign. Sometimes, though, the initial finding says one thing. Look at Rob Gronkowski a couple of years ago, right in, yep. in Indianapolis. Oh yeah. Then later, something else developed. So. Uh, it bears watching how Baker Mayfield, who will have all of the incentive in the world to play well in Carolina next week for personal reasons, how oh, yeah. how he can practice and play this week. Yeah, that's going to be a huge storyline going into this week. It was a couple of weeks ago when Baker got uh, banged up. And, um, you know, it's something we'll be paying attention to. I don't want to jump the gun too much looking at Carolina uh, up until we really know the, the further status of Baker. So I'll, I'll kind of keep the focus on on the game that we saw today as well. And it really was a group effort on all three phases of, of the game for why the Bucks lost today. I mean, Jake Camarda yeah. was, Oh yeah. I don't know what was up with him, but he was awful yeah. today. I have a feeling he's dealing with some type of injury because that's the only reason I can think of almost all of his punts were terrible. His kickoff at yeah. the end was terrible. And even though the whole game had to play out, the first series of the game for both the Bucs and the Saints, I think, yeah. really helped drive the narrative because the Saints took half the first quarter to drive down the field and ended up with a with a touchdown with everything yeah. you just said, Scott, where the, the Bucs defense could not get the get off the field. By the way, uh, I don't think they had a sack today outside of uh, Marquise Watts staring at That's Derek it. Carr when he ran out of bounds. Very Darth yeah. Vader-esque, by the way, just – like, I'm going to use the right. force, and you're going to run out of bounds, and I'm going to get a sack because of it. Um, and then the well, Bucks it, get the it, ball. Hold on. I was going to say, you mentioned Jake Camarda, right? The two steadiest players all year, Jake Camarda and Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah. Got <laughs> eaten alive in coverage today, right? There he is giving up a touchdown to Taysom Hill. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it just – uh, it was not the Bucks' day. No, it, it was not. And then on the flip side, so the Bucks defense allows that touchdown, first drive of the game, can't get off the field – it's like, okay, well, the Bucks' offense has been rolling. Let's see how they respond. Let them get back into it. Nope, they just went three and out, and they got stopped on that third and one. And it, I, I was talking with Josh Capo about this, who was on the Peter Game Day show. It's not just the Bucks; it, It's around the NFL. It irks the hell out of me when I watch a team go into shotgun on third and one in short yardage situations. It annoys me so much. And I'm not rooting for them not to convert it, but I almost feel like the Bucs deserved not to get that first down when they ran shotgun on third and one. And it's quite interesting. I'm with you, man. It's quite interesting because, yes, the Bucs were on this four-game winning streak. But, you know, the first win of that winning streak, it was against, um, it was against Carolina, who's a lowly team. They should beat them. The Falcons game, the narrative was very much, the Bucs played poorly, and then Baker picked it up at the end. 
So it's really the last two games where everyone's been rah-rah for Baker Mayfield. And again, this isn't me coming off as a Baker hater, but I think there are some similarities and parallels to the beginning of the season when the Bucks went three and one, Baker's on college game day. Oh my God, yeah. look what Baker's doing. Now it's, wow, Baker Mayfield, he's going to be comeback player of the year. He should be outside of Tamar Hamlin. He's the bee's knees. Let's give him this big contract. And I'm not saying that Baker's being lazy or he's right. slacking off because he's starting to get that praise. But it seems like twice now this season when the pendulum swifts again into the switches again into the favor of Baker Mayfield, he comes out and has a very poor performance. And it wasn't just Baker, but he very much had the happy feet going, tapping yeah. in the uh, in the backfield. Totally I thought agree. the pass blocking was poor again. Aaron Stinney had a horrible, he horrible did. game um, on the offensive line. And then, yeah, that, that was the biggest thing. Going into the game, I was like, I mean, this offense has been so good. I don't think you need a crazy amount of adjustments. Just don't turn the ball over. And they turned it over four times. And yeah. three of those in particular were all turnovers that happened when the Bucks were in at least field goal range. The first interception yeah. of the game – the fumble right. by Rashad White, and then obviously the, the Trey Palmer play at the end, all when the Bucs were in close to the red zone or at least field goal range. So, um, yeah, just just really, really rough, very sloppy, a lot more self-inflicted wounds, which they hadn't been doing in this four-game winning streak, and it really all contributed to them losing. And, like, I don't even think the Saints played that well. They had Jawan Johnson. Chris Olave didn't kill the Bucs again. Right. He's their best offensive weapon. Alex it was the Kamara tight ends. Got hurt. You know? It was the tight ends that that killed the Bucks more than anything else. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And when you, you know, when you look at at the the play calling, uh, that's one thing Todd Bowles said right off the bat was we didn't call a good game as coaches, and himself yeah. included. Right, uh, Dave Canales, I, I thought was one of his worst games as a play caller, uh, not finding things that worked earlier. Sticking with the run too long when you're down three scores into the yeah. third quarter, um, just just not not enough um, creativity on on either side of the ball. Uh, no pass rush from Tampa Bay today. I know that Todd Bowles said that that um, Dave, uh, Derek Carr got rid of the ball quickly, which he did, but still, uh, there wasn't anybody that really sniffed Derek Carr today outside of of that one. <laughs> Sack and, and knowing Marquise Watts a little bit like I do, he's probably pissed that that was his first sack that he actually yeah. didn't even touch the quarterback, <laughs> right? And yet it counts as a sack. I mean, he'll take it, but it's kind of a cheap way to get a sack. Uh, that happens, right? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Diaby has had a couple of those this year, but you know, even Diaby today was was largely invisible for the hype that he got. Did have two tackles for loss, led the team in that category. Yeah, those really is only two plays of the game. And if you know, if you want to be a factor in this league, you have to you have to to show up uh, and have your presence felt throughout the course of a game. Uh, I'm trying to see Joe trying Shoenka. Uh, I don't think recorded any. Yes, he had three tackles. I was going to say he didn't record any statistics. So this is not a perfect opportunity for someone like Joe trying Shoenka to come out and and start in place of of Shaq Barrett mm -hmm. and kind of resuscitate his career a little bit. And we saw what happened with Devin White after he got benched, right? Had a, had a great game against Jacksonville. Even he today was was a bit of a non-factor. Seven tackles, but didn't really make any impact plays. Levante David led this team with 11 tackles. Um, but 
Yeah, it, it, it just uh, from the top down, from from the coaches on down to the players, uh, I, I think there was a little bit of, of, of oh, this is inevitable. We've won four in a row. This is at home. Um, and, and it's not like show up and win because I don't think that, that they, they took the Saints that lightly. But in, in situations like this, when you're uh, when you're a young football team, you know, we always talk about, all right, well, the playoffs are different. You get to dig deeper, right? It's it's you have to you've got to level up to the playoff level because everything is heightened at that stage of of uh, you know of, of January football, and I just don't think the Buccaneers dug deeper today to reach that level, and I think that's that's really ultimately what what kind of did them in is the Saints did the Saints were in if we don't win this game it's over mode, and the Buccaneers you just kind of had that feeling of well we're going to get it today. And if we don't, we'll get it next week. So yeah, it it, it very much had that again. Uh, I, I've said it before, but that that hockey feel in a seven game series where you go into game yes. six, one team is up three to two, and the team that is staring the face of elimination usually comes out hot, at least in that first period, and then whatever happens happens. And and the Saints very much uh, it felt that way. Whether it was. I feel like utilizing even Taysom Hill more than they typically do, or at least against the box, like really making him a legitimate receiver yeah. than they have in, in in other games against the Buccaneers. And yeah. I see a couple of the fans saying it. I know uh, Samar Ali from uh, the Loose Cannons podcast had a good tweet about it too that I, that I thought he was spot on about. Is that the offense in particular, and I'll talk about Yaya and the defense in a second, but the yeah. offense, with whether it was running the ball or just plays that weren't executed – they had no like sense of rhythm in for the game or like why were they running the ball? Was it just yeah. to run the football? Like there was no like, right. hey, let's attack their weakness. And if we run it there and attacks their weakness, then fine. That's great. That's what they're doing. But they yeah. just set themselves so many times with, you know, two bad run plays and then it's third and nine or a bad run right. play and incompletion and it's third and eight. And yeah, the Bucks weren't able to avoid that too much. And, you know, Yaya Diaby, I felt, again, like first drive of the game, I think he had some good pressures, got a hit on Derek Carr. But then there was yeah. – it was, really wasn't anything else except for the tackle he made yeah. on that screen pass. So it, the Bucks defense, it, it really comes down to if the blitzes hit home, they end up getting yeah. turnovers, pretty good game for the defense. But if they don't, exactly. which they didn't get the sacks today and they didn't yeah. get the turnovers – they're going to get eaten alive. And they did agree. way, way better in the second half. I mean, they only allowed – they allowed 17 in the first half, so they did much better in the second half. But once again, it was too little too late. And if there's no pressure, yeah. it makes it easy for the offense. And teams are able to eat up on the Bucs. They gain, they gain – they might not score a lot of points, but they gain a ton right. of yards against the Bucs defense week in and week out. Let's get to these super chats that we have rolling in. Thank you to the Peter people, starting with Eric Coulson. With a 999 super chat that says, Today was a day where the organization, he writes in caps, had read its press clippings and we and were already division champs. Terrible game from the start. Absolutely looked outclassed and unprepared. Bowles as a head coach is scary. I'll tell you what's scary is that he's a defensive guy and his defense looks worse and worse week in and week out, or at least. Yeah. At times, they just look like they have no answers for anything. And the worst thing is um, two things. One, the third down play where half the team was looking behind each other, like still communicating as the Saints were yeah. snapping the ball. And the other was 
the Bucks finally got some some momentum and made it twenty to seven. It's like, yeah. all right, well, if you got to stop here, you get the ball back. Whatever, things can happen. And it started with the the crappy kick from Jake Camarda. And then immediately the Saints just ran it down, ran it down, ran it down to the point where they had to start using timeouts. And you knew the Saints were going to run the football, and they still did. And I don't know why the Saints didn't go for it on on fourth and one when they were running it so successfully. I know. And they decided to kick the field goal, and uh, they got bailed out with that. But, uh, I mean, it was pathetic. The defense knew what the Saints were going to try to do in that situation, and they still couldn't get the job done. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tom Bucks fan. I hate third and two runs that depend on the tight end to stop the penetration. Odd and got blown up on those plays. Yeah. And you know, it, he just he just had a really bad game all the way around. And it just yeah, they've they've got to get a better tight end next year. I mean, I, I don't hate on Kate Odden, but I mean, he is not a starting caliber tight end. I, He's I know a great that Todd too. <laughs> he is. Yeah, Todd Bowles and Eric, and Dave Canals, they, they they love the guy. Bowles calls him the unsung hero of the offense. Man, uh he is not it. Uh he he has came up. He's come up with a couple of clutch touchdowns, but as a regular down in, down out, consistent tight end that can help you in the run game, and as a receiver, uh, he, he cannot separate. Um, I mean, he's he's not even Cam Brate, right? And and, huh. uh, and 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 you know, Cam Brate had a couple of of good seasons where where if you took Cam Brate and you stuck him on probably half the teams in the league, he wouldn't be tight end one. Maybe he's tight end one on the other half. But, but I mean, even when Rob Gronkowski in his, you know, in the twilight of his career was here, he was better than, than Brate was. And Kate Otten's just not even Cam Brate. So they've yeah. got to get a better tight end uh, next year that can really help them because on a day where, you know, Trey Palmer shows up in the second half, but not in the first, um, they, they've, they've got to get some more weapons uh, that when, when they play the, the, the cover two shell and the Saints did a lot of things to disguise their coverages today and really force Baker Mayfield to hold on to the ball and look as his first read was thought was going to be something and it wasn't right with Mike or Chris. They, they just they got to find some more some more answers there. And, you know, it, it's crazy to think. But I mean, this this is a. This is a situation in Carolina, and just to kind of talk about, there's there's no show tomorrow. It's, it's New Year's, so you all have a lot on your plate with the holiday uh, tonight. We appreciate you all tuning in to the Peter Report podcast post game show, but uh, we're going to be having our next show um, next next year. Yeah, next year on on Tuesday, and uh, so much on the line in Carolina. So it, it's it's going to be it, everything is is at stake in Carolina. And so we'll we'll talk about that on Tuesday, Matt. At, at fourth lock, when you look at the fact that the Buccaneers can either be division champions and host a playoff game at Raymond James Stadium for the second straight year, or Todd Bowles finishes with a losing record for the second straight year, and if if they're not making the playoffs as a wild card or the division champs, he could be fired. Yeah, and that kind of plays into this uh, super chat from Buck's Basement. Thank you very much for this uh, $10 super chat. It says, uh, Scott, I need your assurance. Even winning the South, Bowles will be fired. This looked like the one and six team. Uh, Bowles, yeah. horrendous coaching. Ryan Neal still on the field. Devin White not being switched out. What the F? Yeah, I mean, it's not my call to make, but the fact that this game happened at home, 
the Glaciers right here. I mean, this is their stadium. This is their team. And they could have clinched it today. Uh, we're not going to see 10 wins, right, unless the Buccaneers no. win next week and then win in the playoffs. But I, I just don't see whether it's Philadelphia or Dallas or whoever's coming to Tampa. I just don't see the Buccaneers winning a home playoff game. Because I don't know who this team is. I don't know if this is the team that that walloped a, a banged up Jacksonville team and, and kind of stunned everybody by winning up in Green Bay or a team that just looked lifeless for the entire game with so much on the line over a Saints team that this team has beaten three times in a row. I don't I don't know which Bucks team is going to show up in Carolina, much less, you know, here in Tampa against against a better team. In the playoffs, I don't know. Yeah, and and, because, feels- and, and and because of that, I don't know that the Blazers know that Todd Bowles is the right guy. I maintain what, what I said. If they win next week and they're NFC South champions, I think he's got to win that playoff mm-hmm. game at home to stick around. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, whether it's the winning streak that they've been on or how they lost today, it seems like if – Whatever their first answer is to to attacking a team, whether it's on offense and, hey, like, we're going to be able to pepper Mike Evans often or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. If they're able to execute on their first answer to attacking a team, then they can go the rest of the game. And I think that speaks yeah. to Green Bay, who has a terrible defense, and it speaks to uh, the week before that as well. Or the defense, okay, we're going to blitz Antoine Winfield Jr. We're going to blitz Devin White, and that works. Oh, okay, we can keep doing this. We can get to the quarterback. And a lot of times, if that first answer is taken away, yes, they've made different adjustments. Dave Canales has been better at making adjustments, but there wasn't any today. And once that first answer is gone, they don't have plan B, C, or D, which you can get away with against certain teams, but certainly not in the playoffs. So with Bowles, we said from the past couple of weeks, if they go on a six-game winning streak and win 10, regardless of what happens in that playoff game, right. it's going to be very difficult to fire yep. Todd Bowles. But if they were to lose that losing streak, which they did today, and especially the yep. way that they lost yes. this game today, yes. I mean, what if they lose like this to the Cowboys or the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs? What if yep. they have a Florida State shellacking by Georgia type of game? Not that they would lose 63-3, to but, you know, they lose by – 21 points and the game's not even close after the first quarter that probably means Todd Bowles would be out of town so um yeah yeah, a a lot a lot of questions still to to come about over the next two weeks Aaron thank you for the 499 super chat says Bowles plus expectations equals falling flat get Todd Munkin back to Tampa he can turn teams around just look at Ole Miss well, technically it was Southern Miss, but I but I, I get yeah. what you're saying. He took, <laughs> he took Southern Miss from a one-win team to a bowl game in two seasons and and then you know had some success in, in the NFL as as a position coach and a play caller in Tampa, then went to of all places, Cleveland, where he worked with Baker Mayfield yeah. <laughs> for the 2019 season was not the play caller Freddie Kitchens was uh, in in Cleveland, but but he was the offensive coordinator and worked with uh, with Baker Mayfield. So there's that. And, of course, being the receivers coach here in Tampa, he worked with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So there's that. And the Glaciers know him. And Jason Light knows him. So 
there, there, there are certainly some, some dots worth connecting there. And if you just look and listen, I know the Ravens are a better team. They're, they might be the class of the entire league right now. I mean, but they smoked to, the Dolphins today. To do what they did, 56 to 19 against a very good Dolphins team that is yeah. going to be in the playoffs. And he's done it at Georgia, which is a, you know, it's Kirby Smart. It's a defensive minded team. Think of all of the Georgia Bulldogs yep. on the defensive side that have, have gone to the NFL, right? But they had a balanced offense, and, you know, and, and, and they stood up, put up a ton of points. Stetson Bennett. It was a walk-on that he turned into a a trigger man for this offense, right? Then he goes from from Georgia, where, by the way, even at age, I think he's 56, 57, he's relatable to today's youth because he has that experience recently for three years at Georgia. So he can relate to the young players, motivate them, take their game to new heights, then make a, a seamless and successful transition back to the NFL working with a completely different quarterback in Lamar Jackson and, and has Lamar looking like an MVP candidate, five touchdowns today. So this guy can coach yeah, anywhere, any system, any quarterback. He is just a good coach. I've witnessed it personally here in Tampa Bay. I would be shocked if he's not a good head coach either in Tampa or somewhere next year, because he's going to get a ton of looks and interest and and if Todd Bowles does not make the playoffs or doesn't win that playoff game, one of those teams is going to be Tampa Bay. Yeah, and the the thing that Bucks fans won't want to hear is that Munkin is obviously going to be a, a highly sought after head coaching candidate. So it's not just like, okay, it's musical chairs. The only people left are the Bucks and Todd Munkin. Yeah. Okay, Todd Munkin, come on down. You're the next Bucks right. head coach. Munkin doesn't have to choose the Bucks. Munkin can That's go right. choose a number of different. I mean, what if the Cowboys decide the, the, to fire the, Mike McCarthy? Right. That yeah. seems yeah. way more interesting than coming to the Bucks. Yeah, you've got three teams already with head coaching vacancies, right? Carolina, Las Vegas, and the LA Chargers. Yeah. Right. So you don't you, think Todd Munkin got... wants to work with Justin Herbert, who you know is going to be there right. for the next however many years? Yep. So, I mean, th there's three already, right? And you know, probably Atlanta's Arthur Smith is going to be one of them. Uh, Matt Everfluss in Chicago is probably going to get fired as well. There's a chance Todd Bowles gets fired. There's three more. So th there could be between six and eight. I mean, Bill Belichick, right? He's going to fill one of those vacancies, but yeah. it's going to create an opening in New England. So there's going to be six to eight head coaching vacancies come next Monday. Yep. So it's interesting to see what happens. Speaking of very interesting, Matt, Celsius oh. has got new flavors with the Celsius Essentials. Blue Crush, Dragonberry, Cherry Limeade. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of flavors that they have now, and I, I believe these have, have gone ahead and, uh, and surpassed what, what they used to have with the Celsius Heat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, have not, I have not seen this graphic yet, so I am just... Uh... I'm very happy to see it. I was uh, shocked in a, in a good way when I'm watching this. So shout out to all the newest flavors of Celsius. Make sure you check them out. Um, and, you know, if you like the old school ones as well, nothing wrong with that. The Arctic Vibes my personal favorite. Love the sparkling lime as well. Uh, can't go wrong with the sparkling orange or the Fuji apple pear, the cola, the uh, strawberry lemonade, sparkling watermelon. 
Anyway, you get my point. There's no sugar. There's no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product um, out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the Celsius store locator, uh, punch in your address on their website, and uh, you could find out where to pick one up at the closest geographical location. Excuse me. It could be a local Walmart, 7-Eleven, health and fitness store, or Target, or it might just be your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you absolutely love it and you want to get more and you want to get it in bulk, you can get it in bulk. I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Um, go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. You can get it sent every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whatever you want. You're in charge. You're the captain now. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Make Celsius your number one pick. Let's keep these super chats rolling in. Thank you to Jonas Gorea with the 499 super chat, as Jonas says. Been watching the Bucks for 18 years. This is the most frustrating team I've ever seen. That's quite interesting. I wonder if you're just in the moment right now because you can make the case that last year's team was even more frustrating because you had Tom Brady and the team did not live up to expectations. Um, you could look at the 10 years where they didn't make the playoffs and you thought Jameis was the the top guy and you saw some great things from Jameis, but then you saw the downside of him um, as a quarterback. You had the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting the season and there were some great things and they couldn't put together. So I'm curious what other Bucks fans think as well. I, I appreciate you for the super chat and for voicing your opinion, but is this really the most frustrating team? I'm quite curious. Yeah, I mean, um, it, we didn't see this coming today. And I don't think, listen, the Buccaneers didn't see it coming. And and neither did uh, their fans. I think everybody you know here was expecting this team to show up and win. They they, they had, you know, they, they'd gotten on a roll in terms of momentum. They had fixed a lot of things offensively. They were putting up points on the board. Four games in a row, when you when you establish that, that's not a fluke. That's that is legit momentum. Two yep. wins in a row that can be fluke. Three, yeah, the ball bounces the right way, you, that happens. But four, especially Matt, the way they won so convincingly, the last two weeks at Green Bay, mm -hmm. that game wasn't nearly as close as even the score looked like it. And certainly the Jacksonville game was the same way. They were thirty to nothing. So uh, to me, it, it it's it's frustrating. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, at the same time, this this is a, a Todd Bowles coach team. Nobody saw that one and six stretch either after a three and one start. So this team has been very mercurial this season uh, with some unexpected highs, which are the beginning and, and the end with that four game winning streak mm -hmm. and some lows, which is today. And then that one and six stretch. In the middle, I'm going to skip around to this next one here because, uh, you know, we'll put this up. You can get your your free ten dollar promotion for the P pewter and red podcast. You guys flip flop a lot. Actually, we don't. I think we're, we're probably the most consistent uh, media outlet when it comes to covering this team. Uh, being surprised each week about this team is what happens when you don't watch the film or understand what you see on film and understand how the team does things. 
uh, we watched the film first. Yeah, of all. we have multiple so, YouTube videos <laughs> like breaking yeah. down the film. So, yes. So we're going to take exception to that. We do understand it. I've been covering football professionally for 28 years. So for you to sit here uh, and, and say that we don't understand football, then I don't know. Why are you watching this podcast as far as I'm concerned? So I'll take exception to that. Uh, by the way, I'm just looking at the Pewter Report predictions for the year. And yes, we all took an L today. There's no doubt. But my record is 10 and 6 in terms of picking wins and losses this year. Uh, that's better than the Bucks' current record. Matt Matera is, is 9 and 7, right? Uh, he's got more wins than the Buccaneers have. I do. <laughs> uh, Bailey Adams, unfortunately, is right there with Todd Bowles at 8 and 8. Uh, so, you know, we, we that's, that's the truth. Josh what? Capo... Is is with me at ten and six, and Adam Slavon is actually eleven and five now, picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> games. So I don't know, you know, what what you guys do with with your podcast that I've never heard of before, but uh, I got to take exception to that. You can come on with your comments or whatever, but don't come on here and say that we don't watch film and we don't know what we're talking about. Um, we we built this into a media enterprise that has millions of unique visitors. And a booming YouTube channel, thanks to you, Pewter people. And we appreciate the $10 very much, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the super chat. Uh, I'll also add on that we also gain information from, I don't know, uh, talking to Todd Bowles every single week, other connections that we have in the organization, and talking to the players on a daily basis. So there's more yeah. information that uh, you know we gather from as well, along with watching the tape, reviewing things, talking to other experts, and, and things of that yeah. nature. The last thing I'll add is, Scott, when we did our um, our season predictions before the regular season began, yeah, what was your regular season prediction? Mine was nine and eight, which will be exactly what the Bucks will finish at if they win next week in Carolina. They should. I'm glad you said Matt? that, Scott, because mine was eight and nine, which is exactly what the Bucks <laughs> will be if they lose to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. So we are. Yeah. Spot on with our season right. prediction. We also said that the Bucks would win more than six and a half games, yep. uh, which was the, right. the Vegas odd for the Bucks this season. Yep. We also said Mike Evans was going to get over his uh, receiving yards of 875 and a half. He's yep. well over a thousand now. And, so, we, and we put our money where our mouth was with my bookie, too. We actually bet money on those things, and we've yes. gone on record saying that that we've won on that. So, yes, we have. So, are we 100% right all the time? No. Nope. Absolutely not, but not many people, whether it's media, coaches, players are. But anyway, that, that's uh, just the last point we'll, we'll make about it. Let's move on to another super chat from a, uh, a, a quite often a commenter and super chatter, Kathy Gillespie. Thank you, Kathy, for this five minute super chat who says, Jumbo, sorry, Jumbotron showed Kamarda during the anthem and he looked flubbed up. Crazy day for him. <laughs> Something's up. Yeah, I really do think something is up with Jake Camarda, at least for right now, because, okay, he had one bad punt in the beginning. Sure, that happens to almost every punter in the league. But it just kept happening over and over and over again. And then the kickoff as well. Yeah. I I hope he's okay, because, I mean, he's a great punter when he's fully healthy. But, yeah, something seemed very, very weird with him. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um Again, when Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jake Camarda, who probably have been the two most consistent week in and week out, other than Chase McLaughlin. And Chase McLaughlin was perfect today on his his extra point. So yeah. <laughs> he, 
he gets the the most impressive Buccaneer of the day award, uh, kind of by default because nobody else played that well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it it's a. Uh, so I, I agree. There's got to be something up with, with Camarda because, uh, man, it's one thing to shank one kick, but what do you have, two or three shanks today? Yeah. A very unlikely uh, performance from, from him today. So, And that also hurt at the end, too, when, yes, the Bucs still did need to stop the Saints, but the Saints had the ball at, like, the 40-yard line when, when yeah. the game got to 20-7. to 7. You know, if they had to drive, let's just say, two more first downs, who knows? Maybe the Bucs get a stop there, and it at least either makes yeah. it a longer field goal or – you know, Dennis Allen decides to punt or, or whatever. So that definitely did have an impact on the game. Yeah. Uh, happy well, home happy, happy home blending. Yeah. Uh, then why say you're surprised? Because because we don't have a crystal ball, right? I mean, my name is not Nostradamus. I don't. Pre- we, we rattled off our records in terms of picking this team. We're not perfect. Um, and like, like I said, I, I don't know that a lot of people that covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saw this coming because of how this team prepared and they even, you know, the, the dreaded, we had a great week of practice, right? It just didn't yes. translate <laughs> to Sunday. And you know what, Matt, that's what we heard earlier in the season. And you would think that with the progress that they've made, that they had, that, that they learned how to translate it onto the field. And, and I just think whether it was reading their press clippings, getting all of the love from, you know, the national media, good morning football, whatever, whatever, feeling like they arrived, like this was inevitable. It's not. You got to go. You have to go earn it on the field every single week. And now the Buccaneers have backed themselves into a corner. I want to say that it's against a wounded um, Carolina Panthers team, but it's also a Panthers team with nothing to lose. I know they got shellacked today. But yeah. They also rolled into Ray J, Matt, a couple weeks ago. And, and granted, Played it was well. a rainstorm for half the game. But this was a three-point game, so I don't know who I'm going to pick right now. And and, and we'll have to keep an eye on Baker Mayfield, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was walking very gingerly into his press conference, and he looked like he was in a great deal of pain, and Baker's a tough guy. The media, the locker room had cleared out. All the players were gone. We were waiting for Baker to come out of the x-ray room and and, and meet with the media. So uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see – how much he can practice. And then the other thing too is, is every time you go to torque and throw the ball, right? You kind of got hit in the solar plexus. So it's your ribs in the front of you, like right here. Yeah. And and every time you do that, it's going to hurt. Guess what's going to happen on Sunday? Every time Baker Mayfield gets hit, it's going to hurt even more. So yes, it's going to be interesting to see how Baker progresses during the week. Yeah, that, that's spot on, Scott, because there's actually like two or three big things to look at with that. Baker is one of the toughest guys, quarterbacks at least I should say, in the NFL. Like It's going to take a lot for Baker not to play in this game. But with that said, there are times, there are certain players that have the same mentality yeah. as Baker. It's like, I'm going to play no matter what. Sometimes you you deserve all the credit and the accolades for playing through toughness and, and, yeah. and pain. But there are times when you are so injured that you're actually hurting your team because you're still yes. in the lineup at the moment. I think the Saints kind of experienced that the first time the Bucks played the Saints yeah. in New Orleans. Derek Carr was not 100%, and he was awful in that game. Baker came out. Right. Sorry, Jameis came in late. I do wonder if Jameis started from the beginning, what would have changed from that game? 
that's another thing to look at is how injured is Baker where if he can still play, is he still putting the Bucs in a situation where this offense can perform and perform yeah. well with Baker in it? Or is he so injured that even though Kyle Trask is your QB two, it might right. be the better option just for one week so Baker can heal up. So again, another storyline we'll have to look at for this yeah. week. Thanks to Mike Wells for this $5 super chat. If you have um, another comment as the show goes on, we're happy to put it up. We always appreciate the uh, super chats. Got one from Meets McGee as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, there's a fear I sense from the Bucks when it comes to the Saints. You hear all week the words bloodbath. It's the, oh, no, here come the bullies. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we did talk a lot about Todd Bowles undefeated against the Saints. But on the same side of that, I don't know why the Saints just play better in Tampa than they do, they do. Uh, in New Orleans. Even even going back to, you know, the Bruce Arians days, they, for whatever reason, they really like traveling to Tampa. Maybe it's probably it's their shortest road game of the season outside of yep. playing uh, the Falcons and and uh, and the Panthers as well. But they, I don't know. They like being in the Sunshine State for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so, David Stacks, so we win and we're still in. Yes, the Buccaneers, if they win – Next week uh, in Carolina, they're they're in. They have the NFC South title if they they win in Carolina. If they don't, the winner of next week's Falcons at Saints game will end up being the NFC South champion. So that right there is is something that they have to uh, you know to to do. They they got to put the nail in the coffin. Yes, uh, they do. We got one more super chat from uh, Lucas Patisse. Thank you, Lucas, who says, if we lose next week, do they keep bowls? I really don't think so. I mean, if we're looking, at a, si- we're looking at a situation where the Bucs have had two games to get the job done. They just had to win one of them, and they would clinch the division and go to the playoffs. And it's not only that they lost the last two down the stretch. It's losing terribly to the Saints where they looked unorganized, where they made a lot of mistakes, where they lost the turnover battle for nothing, and really just a lifeless performance, just a sluggish, sluggish job by the Bucs. And then to go the next week against Carolina, who is a bad team with a struggling rookie quarterback that got shut out this week against the Jaguars, who the Bucs played so well against the week before. Yeah, I'm a little worried, too. Um I saw some updates. I don't know the status right now, but Bryce Young had left the game against the Panthers, and I think eventually yes. came back. Not 100% sure on that. I I think I'd actually be more worried if Bryce Young can't go and Andy Dalton's in at quarterback against the Bucs than if Bryce Young is in. So if you're a Bucs fan, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Bryce Young plays because that gives the yeah. Bucs a better chance to win at the moment. Remember, one of the wins this year by the Panthers came with Andy Dalton starting – at quarterback, so uh, very much yeah. something to keep in mind. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I'm with you, Matt. I think that's a great point. Uh, you're, you're already on top of it. We haven't done our, our Bucks panthers preview yet. You're already on top of it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mike Wells, you guys are the best. Scott, Matt, if Todd gets fired next week or two, do you believe there's a good enough core of players on this team to attract a good head coaching candidate? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there are. I, I, think, I think that yeah. – Jason Light and, and the Bucks brass has done enough to stockpile 
some young talent on this team. They're going to have some cap room next year. They, they kind of took their, their Super Bowl salary cap medicine this year. And I, I do believe that you could convince a head coach to come in and say, we've got really good ownership that when, when the time is right, they will open up the checkbook and, and, and we'll throw the cash out needed to ramp up to get a Super Bowl. By the way, Tampa Bay, out of all of the teams in the NFC South, um, they're, they're only one of two teams that has a Super Bowl uh, in the lobby, a Super Bowl yep. trophy, right? And, and they actually have two. And they have the most recent one. And by the way, the Buccaneers, if, you know, if they fall short this year, they won back-to-back division championships, and they were a one win, one week away from having that be three in a row. I think there's a lot to sell. You've got a general manager that works well with others, plays Very well with much. others, and you know, and and, uh, and and does a good job of keeping free agents, which is just as important as going out and getting new ones. Yes. Uh, building a team through the draft and also building a team through through trades, right? Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Rob Gronkowski. There's a couple of big-name trades that Jason Light made. And I, I think you you still look at the, at the landscape of the NFC South, even if, let's say, the Saints end up winning it and the Bucks end up losing. I, I still think you have to look at this and say, if you're a new head coach, you can come in and you can win the division this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh... – what I think is important is, again, kind of what you said with Jason Light, but like finding the nucleus, finding the the core group of guys, which was the biggest thing in the first place. Um, defensively, you got Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, um, you know, uh, up front. Hopefully, Antoine Winfield Jr. re-signs. Then you got a, a big piece of the puzzle right there. Zion McCollum in year two. Offensively, we've talked about how young this offensive line is and how important that is moving forward. And then really the big key in all of it is if you can re-sign Mike Evans, that makes it way more lucrative for another um, head coach to come in. By the way, thank you to Chris H. for the $1.99 Super Chat. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. We also greatly appreciate when um, you guys, the Peter people, use some of our sponsors on this show, including mybookie.ag. If you bet... On the player props today, the ones that I put out, you won a lot of money, and we want to put more money uh, in your account as well. You sign up with mybookie.ag using the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get all the way up to $1,000 of free money in your bank account for mybookie.ag. So if it's free, it's in your account just by signing up. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So maybe it's not just the box. If you're watching other games out there, you want to sprinkle a little more cash, make the game more interesting, go over to mybookie.ag. They got great props. They got fun parlays you can do. And they got an online casino. So you don't even have to get up off the couch. You can be right there playing roulette, blackjack, um, the slots, all that different stuff. So check out mybookie.ag. Use that promo code pewter. P-E-W-T-E-R. Also want to give a shout out to uh, both Peter people and fans that, that follow the Bucks that have uh, you know tweeted at me or said in the comments here about using my picks and, and winning some money. I absolutely yeah. love to see that. I'm red hot right now. Hit all three of my yes, player props are. last week. Hit all three of my player props today. They were a little bit of garbage time, but that doesn't matter. It's all about winning. So everybody listen to me right now. 
when you're looking at the Bucks game against the Panthers next week and you want to do some player props, don't go to ESPN. Don't go to Bleacher Report. Don't go to any of those other websites out there. You come to me. You come Maddie to Diamonds. Diamonds, and I will steer you in the right direction. You want to talk about the Bucks gambling community? I'm the Bucks gambling community. All right? You right want here. to put some money in your cash? This guy right here. You're going to win it with me. Not Bleacher Report. Not ESPN. Me. All right? You come to me. What did I tell you? All right? So, the new slogan, we're going to win more in 2024. All right? I love it. So, <laughs> anyway, I just want to Hopefully, give a quick uh, shout out. To I love it. I love it. Hopefully the Buccaneers can win more too. Uh, we're going to be talking on Tuesday. Just a reminder, because uh, tomorrow is New Year's. It's a holiday. High stakes in Carolina. That's right. High stakes in Carolina on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And just for you, Peter, people, it's not going to be a victory Tuesday, unfortunately. But we are going to do roll call yes. at 4 o'clock, at 420, I should say. So make sure that you, uh, that you lock us in Tuesday, January 2nd. Four o'clock, high stakes in Carolina. It's all on the line. Todd Bowles' job, the NFC South Championship, maybe a wild card playoff berth for the Buccaneers, or we're looking at draft pick status for Tampa Bay next year if they don't make the playoffs. So a lot is on the line, and we're going to start things off with three straight podcasts to start off the new year, January 2nd at 4 o'clock, then our, our preview Bucks and Panthers, Bucks at Panthers on Wednesday at four o'clock, and then Thursday show as well to get you ready for the regular season finale. It's going to be a big week next next year on Peter Report. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to say too, we're at about 175 Pewter people away from reaching 13,000, which is our stated goal yeah. for this year. We'd love to by the end of football season this year. We have at least one week guaranteed, maybe two. We'll see, but we'd love to be at 13,000. So if you have not at any point in time in 2023, hit that subscribe button and join the pewter people who have subscribed. We're on our way to 13,000. Help us out. And also, whenever you watch our videos live or the podcast version, the archive podcast version, hit the thumbs up, give us a like that, and also leave a comment. When you do those things, it helps our algorithm, helps our videos get more pewter people watching them and it helps this within the search engines of YouTube. And, and it just helps us grow our audience. And we greatly appreciate the thousands of pewter people who joined us this year in 2023. And we can't welcome, can't wait to welcome even more pewter people joining us next year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. As Scott said it uh, so well. We love interacting with all the pewter people. That's what makes a roll call so much fun. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll have that on Tuesday's show. And yeah, leaving a comment, even like not even in the chat right now, when the show is done, yep. going in and leaving comments, it really helps spread our audience. Uh, we want to get to 13,000. That would be great. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up, both with the Bucks. And that's the beauty of the NFL is, you know, there yep. are some media that try to like push certain narratives. The beauty of the NFL is that. They write their own stories. It'll either be, yeah. wow, the Bucs won the division for the third year in a row. Credit That's to right. them. Look at the roller coaster of a season. Or it'll be, wow, the Bucs really fumbled here at the end, losing two yeah. in a row. Uh, QB, we'll see about it, Baker. It, but head coaching search, draft, all yeah. that great stuff. So It's all scripted out. You can see right there. Dave Canales showing Baker Mayfield the script. Unfortunately, we lose today, Baker. Um, that's that's yeah. what the script <laughs> says. <laughs> but next week in Carolina, maybe it's a different story. We'll see. Exactly. Um, we got a $5 super chat from 
Olvisak, thank you uh, for the $5 Super Chat, who says, is it Bulls' fault they are missing five quality starters? Well, I will respectfully disagree with the sense of, well, one thing, like, if we're, obviously we're talking about this game, so we're talking about Shaq, we're talking about... um, Carlton Davis. Oh, yeah, Carlton Davis. I mean, are we really throwing Cole Keeft in this quality starter yeah, no. type of situation? If you want to even no. throw in Ryan Jensen, well, they've had 17 games to overcome right. Ryan Jensen not being there. Zion yeah. McCollum has started more than Jamel Dean and Carlton yeah. Davis, so that's okay. not really a replacement right there. And we've already had discussions about how Yaya's the best outside linebacker right now, and yeah. maybe Shaq won't be here next season. So because of that, like that's not an excuse for the Bucks losing today. They didn't lose because, oh, they didn't have Shaq Barrett today. Right. Exactly. Well, what I know is is you're never going to lose when you draft or sign or trade for Eric Gross. Just get this guy on your team. That's that's all I got to say, because he is the top real estate agent in the Tampa Bay area as far as we're concerned. And he is the official realtor of Pewter Report. It takes a full team effort to win in football. It also takes a full team effort to win in real estate. You might have been disappointed today, but you're not going to be disappointed with Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group on your team when it comes to buying or selling a home. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader and a Tampa native whose father was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He knows this area and really the state of Florida like the back of his hand. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellent service, and that's what sets them apart. They've got a strong team of vendors. They're part of the EXP Realty Group. With a network of over 85,000 agents, that means that if you're moving into the great state of Florida, Eric can help you sell your house where you are outside the state, as well as find you your dream home here in Tampa. If you're leaving the great state of Florida, he can help on both ends of the transaction as well. And of course, it's even better if you're just moving around the state of Florida, because we love Floridians. Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, they're the ones that you're going to want on your team. Their clients are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. Here's what you got to do. Go to the website, housesandfla.com. That's housesandfla.com. Check out their inventory. It's a great website, awesome layout. Or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. Looking for any of their latest listings and open houses? Check out Eric Gross Group on Facebook or Instagram with the most current up-to-date information. No matter where you are in your homeownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor, of Peter Report. Make sure you visit housesinfla.com. Today or this afternoon did, did not go the way that um, that that the Bucks wanted to with a loss today. And understand that the fans are unhappy about that. The bright side is they still can make the, the playoffs. They still can control their own destiny by winning on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of things next Sunday. There's going to be a lot of things to really pay attention to from Baker Mayfield, how he's feeling, how the team rebounds from from a really bad loss. And um, there is no shortage of coverage, information, storylines, all of that stuff. So make sure you you pay attention to PeterReport.com. Even if the Bucs don't make the playoffs, we got plenty of draft coverage coming up. Free agency, we always dominate. And then the season will be back here uh, sooner than you know it. So as we close out the show, just wanted to say again, uh, super thankful for all the pewter people, even those yes. that may super chat us and complain about us that we don't watch film. That's all right too. We, we appreciate our haters yeah. as well. Um, yep. We can't thank you guys enough for 
all the kind words throughout the year. Um, it's it's been a it's been a lot of ups and downs with the team, but it's been a great year in yep. terms of just being able to talk about them on a weekly basis. I feel so extremely lucky to be able to do what I do, especially uh, because of Scott and because of all of you people. So um, yes. I just want to wish everybody a very happy and healthy new year. Have fun tonight. Uh, if you're celebrating, be safe. Have a great time. Enjoy the college football tomorrow. Great yes. game starting in Tampa with Wisconsin mm-hmm. versus um, LSU. I've already seen a lot of yeah. Wisconsin uh, people just around yeah. uh, the Tampa I'm here at this area. Team, they're digging up the end zones as as we speak. So oh, it's, cool. <laughs> it's they're, they're already turning over the stadium. They waste uh, no time here whatsoever. For years, it was the Outback Bowl. Now it's the ReliaQuest Bowl, yeah. I believe. So what uh, you can find – Sorry, yeah, you can find how that, that food spread is going to be in the in the meantime. Sorry, Scott, <laughs> not to cut you off, Scott, but um, yeah, please follow yeah. us on our social media on yeah. X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report and our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Tons of great content. Thank you so much. Got great numbers on Pewter Picks and Props this week. Um, you could also watch Pewter Pulse with Scott. All different stuff that we have from uh, the facility. So. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Please follow us there. Please like and subscribe, comment, all of that great stuff. Cannot thank all of you Peter people enough. Just a reminder, no show tomorrow, but we'll have one Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then, of course, the game on Sunday. So, yes. for the last episode of 2023, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you so much. We love you, Peter people, and we will see you next year for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Out. Here's our countdown. Three, two, one. Happy New Year. Out. Out.